Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman, a podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Kendra Scott is the founder of Kendra Scott Jewelry, the brilliant brains and businesswoman behind her billion-dollar namesake brand, which is known for its design and material innovation, use of color, and signature shapes. Kendra started her business with $500 and is now a billion-dollar company, operates 115-plus stores, and she has some serious hustle. As a jewelry designer, entrepreneur, mom of three, and author, and philanthropist, Kendra lives her life by three core values, family, fashion, and philanthropy. To further her commitment to empowering women and youth in the areas of health and wellness, education, and entrepreneurship, on March 8, 2023, International Women's Day, Kendra officially launched the Kendra Scott Foundation. Since 2010, the company has donated more than $50 million to local, national, and international causes. Take a listen. Kendra, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited. We're finally doing this. I don't know how it's taken us this long, but we're both busy. So there you I, go. Six kids, four kids. I mean, look at us. Super women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to see your smiling face. It's just, you have no idea. I miss you. I know. I feel like you're one of those people that lives like a state too far away. And if we were in the same state, I'd be on your porch every day drinking lemonade with you. A hundred million or, or something harder. And yeah. our kids would be just running around, just all of them together. I would yes. love it. Well, we can we can work for that in our retirement. It's something to dream for. Perfect. Yes. Okay. I love it. I'm gonna be a gentlewoman farmer in my retirement. So there you go. Me as well. So there you go. I, I actually already have a ranch, Rebecca. I have horses, alpacas, longhorns, goats. So I'm already, Amazing. I'm already almost there. So I can give you some tips on being the farm, farm Perfect. woman you want to be. Yes. Perfect. You just mentioned you have a ranch, but for those who aren't familiar with your story, what keeps striking me is I meet so many women who are starting out. I just spoke with one yesterday. She has a clothing line. She's out of Nashville. She's doing low six figures. And you literally started your jewelry brand on bed rest, 
you know, making this jewelry and you see these women and then they remain as a low six figure brand forever. So I would love for you to touch on that time period and what you think, what did you do different or other that catapulted you? Because it doesn't happen to everybody, you know, and right. I think our stories of, you know, the Sarah Blakely, you, my story, like what was that other or different that you think made you this household name? Yeah. I mean, you know, Rebecca, I don't think it's one thing, right? There's a lot of different pieces that kind of do that. I mean, obviously you have to have resilience. You have to be able to pivot. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, my first company, I failed, it failed. It was a hat company and I had that business right. for five years and I learned so much. And what I learned most about that is I was so focused on this one thing, like it had to be hats and I was going to open hat stores all across the country. I couldn't get away from seeing the bigger picture of what was actually working, which in that store was my jewelry I was making and putting on the counter next to you know my cash register and it would sell out every day. It took me closing that store and customers calling me and wanting my jewelry still for me to finally get like knocked over the head and be like, uh, maybe there's something to this jewelry, you know? And, and so I think that's such a great lesson for any entrepreneur is you have to be able to take a 360 approach from your business. And it's not always the, the first idea or the initial idea yeah. that is going to be the thing that works. So how yeah. do you remain open, right? How do you remain open to what is working and really listening more than talking, right? Listening to what your customers are loving, what they want more of, and like really responding to that. I think the big difference for me, you know, and I think for a lot of successful people, right, we hustle. And, you know, in the early days, I was like, no one is going to sell my product better than I am. So I was doing trunk shows like a mad woman, going out into my other retailers that were carrying the brand, selling my products to their customers, building a connection. And I talk a lot about that in, the, in my book that I wrote, Born to Shine, about connection versus transaction of when you can connect to somebody, you can get somebody who's brand loyal for life. And I think what has really, you know, been the big difference for Kendra Scott is our connection for the last now 21 years that we can have and continue to have with our customers as they grow. You know, we, we maybe meet them in college and then we are there on their wedding day with their jewelry walking down the aisle. And then we're there with a push present when they have their first kid. And so I think connection is really important. But what I would say to these, you know, folks that are in that early stage is as much as you can engage with your consumer with you directly, it's key in those early days because it'll make you really start to respond to what they want and what they need. And so I think that's really important. And then the other thing is you've got to be doing something that's uniquely yours. Right. If you're trying to do, and I say this all the time, everybody's probably heard it 5 million times. So I'm going to say it again, because I think it's important. If you're doing what somebody else is doing, then you've already failed. You have to put your own unique fingerprint. You have to be disruptive in an industry and you have to fill a white space. There's got to be something that you're doing, whatever category it's in, that's different. Mine was right in between fashion jewelry and bridge jewelry. I created this white space of really high quality materials, but at attainable price point. It wasn't inexpensive, but it was attainable. It was affordable and using custom shape stones. Everyone was using the same shapes. And I knew I wanted to be identifiable. I wanted somebody to look at something and go, oh, that's Kendra Scott. That took time. It didn't happen overnight. But I think that's a key too, is how can you be disruptive? 
So you have a hustle mentality. You have a drive. You know, I read you grew up in a small town. Go Wisconsin. My parents are oh. from Wisconsin as well. That's so why we love each other there. so much. <laughs> I have such, I went to a summer camp in Madison. My grandfather started this Jewish summer camp. And so I would go and that's where my parents went. So you don't see a lot of small town people have then the drive, not the drive, but opportunity and access to then create a incredible empire. So if we go back to your early days, what, what do you think were some of the ingredients in your childhood that sort of gave you that platform or didn't and inspired you to say, you know, the opposite, right? I was given nothing. So I wanted to work harder to have something. Yeah. You know, I was lucky because I had amazing role models as my parents. You know, my mom was raised on a farm. Her family were farmers and coal miners in Southern Illinois, actually. I'd go and visit them in the summer and I'd spend, you know, two to three weeks with my aunts and get in the combines with my uncles at five in the morning and we'd work, you know, in the fields. And then I'd see my uncles coming back from the mines covered in, you know, in black dust, you know, all over them. And I, I think that work ethic, right, of seeing that, I was like, this is, these are the hardest working people I've ever been around. So whenever I was feeling like, oh my God, I'm working so hard, I would, I'm always refer back to my uncles and I'm like, okay, this is not hard work. You know, that was hard work. <laughs> but my mother, you know, she didn't really, she didn't go to college. She married my father. She was his secretary. So he was what he likes to call a country lawyer. He was the first in his family to not just go to college, but to also, he went to law school, which was amazing. And he started his own little firm. So he was an entrepreneur and I would be there after school, you know, watching him, how he treated his employees with so much love and respect and everyone was a team. And then my mom became a Mary Kay consultant and she started a little you know, her own little business out of our, you know, laundry room basically is where her inventory was kept. And I would watch her connect with her customers and how driven she was. She became a director at Mary Kay. And so she had a whole team of consultants that worked underneath her and they'd come to my house on Monday night and they'd have their little, you know, rally meetings where they'd all be like singing their Mary <laughs> Kay songs and going over the newest products and sharing with each other on, you know, accomplishments that they've had over the last week. And it was just for me having those two people, those influences of that tenacity and that drive and and I loved it. And those were really, like, I didn't realize we're just weaving this fabric inside of me that was going to be how I wanted to be a leader, how I wanted to be able to see how people treated each other and that I wanted to do something that I could take ownership in that belonged to me. And that's where that entrepreneur spirit, I think came from was in my little house in Kenosha, Wisconsin with these two parents who weren't necessarily running empires by any sort of the imagination, but they had that drive. I mean, I would watch my dad looking at case files till three in the morning and, you know, and just that ability to go, okay, you know, they're doing something that they're taking on themselves. And I want to do that too. And, and I think that just st sticks with you. Right. And it really was part of that seed that got planted that I wanted to do my own thing. Never in a million years did I think it would be where it is today. Uh, we're all in shock in my family, trust me. <laughs> but, but it definitely was rooted from them. It's funny you say Mary Kay, because my mom did Amway. 
And so she worked out of the garage at our, at our little house in San Diego, and there would be women in there selling Amway. And, and then I would get like the samples and I'd go upstairs and give myself like a Sunday facial with all the colors. So it's funny that, you know, I look back and I too saw my mom doing that work and I was like, I want to do something. And so I didn't know what it was at the time, but it definitely seeps in. You're giving me hope for my, my wayward daughter who, who doesn't yep. want to work right now. Yeah. But you know, I'll <laughs> tell you though, that is such an example because my mom was a great mom. I mean, she'd have dinner on the table and all the things, right. But then she had this little piece that was her own, that she was building yeah. and growing and I saw what it did for her also. It gave her this incredible amount of self-confidence. She just, she had her own thing. And I realized that's so important and that you could have both, right? You could have a career that you love and that is helping and supporting your family, but you could also be a present mom. And, you know, I formed a company that allowed that to happen where, you know, I've got employees that many of them are mothers and they're able to have a career in a company that supports them in that process. And all of that came from witnessing my mom do it. And I was like, well, why can't that be a thing as you build a business, right. you know, and incorporate those values? I mean, I think you're one of the rare, like what you offer, if you could just brag about it for a moment, what you offer to your team and employees, like I is goals because oh. I don't think people are doing what you're doing. Well, you know, I started, I mean, we have 96% women in our company and, you know, I started this business truly to be like, how can I one, be a mom first and have a great business that I can, you know, do exactly that's help support my family. And so as we started to build it, I mean, I would bring my babies to work with me in the early days and we would pass them around as like, I was on the phone with Nordstrom or something, you know, and they would be like, you know, and my employees started doing the same thing. And there was 10 of us. And then there were 20 of us. And as we grew uh, into our corporate headquarters, we have a kid's playroom. So anytime any of our moms or dads need to get their kiddo early from school or in the summer, it's very popular to bring your kids to work at Kendra Scott. We've got you know, mother's nursing rooms. I think we have four in our corporate headquarters right now where you can bring your baby up and nurse or you can pump with dedicated mother's milk refrigerators. We've got prenatal vitamins, cashmere blankets. You know, you can be cozy in there. And we really also try to have flexible work schedules. So every team, I say to them, first of all, we have no meeting Fridays and Fridays that you don't have to be in the office. So it's kind of like, Make that your day to do what you need to do. Obviously, if there's some crisis, we have a retail business, so we need to be there for our employees that are our front line. But we're also like understand that flexibility. And then the other big part of that is, you know, really supporting each other and saying, okay, your team, you're made up of these people. What are some non-negotiables for these parents? I want to be there for my kids' soccer games on Friday, which means I have to leave the office at 445. So that team should not schedule any meetings past that so that this person can be there for their children. Because if you're not happy in your family life, you're going to be miserable at work. And if you're miserable at work, you're not going to be productive. So my first priority for them is family, their family, and then our Kendra Scott family, right? But we're going to take care of their family first. And I think we have, you know, one of the lowest turnover rates in retail right now because of that. I mean, we really wow. respect and listen to our employees and we do everything we can to support them so they can live a balanced and happy life. That's incredible. I think that when you look at where you started, right? You were a single mom running around, going direct to stores, taking orders, shipping from your apartment. You know, when you were at that point, you know, 
how did you continue to push through those barriers or those odds, right? You could have said, this is too hard. I'm just going to go get a nine to five. You mentioned you wanted to be a mom first. How could you be a mom first if you're building this business, you know, which is time intense? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I didn't have the funds or the money to have a lot of help. Fortunately, I had my mom nearby who would help me when she could, which was amazing. But I really didn't try to separate my business and my family. I made a business that integrated my family. And so a lot of times as an entrepreneur and when somebody who can, you know, is creating your own utopia, my utopia meant that my kids were going to be part of my business, which means they came to the office with me when, before they were in preschool and I had a pack and play and a bouncy chair and, you know, and I hired people that were okay with that, you know, like, Hey, my baby comes to work with me because this is how it is. And, you know, they'd be on my lap as I'm, you know, doing orders or whatever. And I think, you know, we integrated it. And I look at my kids today, you know, my oldest sons, they just launched Scott brothers, the jewelry brand with me during COVID for men. And, you know, they've been in this business literally since before they could walk and through osmosis, right? Seeing all the things that mom has done. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because yes. And then, then you go, okay, now they're in school. Boy, I just got seven hours of my life where I completely <laughs> worked. And I would drop them off. And I remember just thinking, I never went to lunches. Like I never, I would just pound as much as I could in, in that time period and just knock it out. And then I was there at pickup and in preschool, they'd come to the office with me after school, which was a little chaotic. You know, we played games where I'd be like, okay, guys, pick up the stones you find in the design room off the floor and put them in a box. This will be fun. See how many you can get, you know, that would entertain (laughs) them for an hour or so. But I think that's, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're able to do that, right? You're able to kind of think about how can I start to integrate my family into this business and create a culture that allows that to be the norm instead of it being something that's so crazy and, and not real, right? And so that's what we've done at Kendra Scott. And we've created this world where your family is part of, you know, the family culture at Kendra Scott. And it's a really amazing thing to be a part of because I feel like as women, we shouldn't have to choose between our career anymore or being a mother. And if we can one, create our own companies that allow us to do both or two, work for a company that understands that and supports you in that way, because nobody works harder than a mother, nobody that I've ever hired works harder than a mother that can multitask better. So hiring moms is an amazing thing for a business, amazing thing for a business. It is not a detriment. It is like they are the rock stars. And I think so many companies are missing that. They're missing that they're losing people because they think, oh, that's going to be a distraction or they're not going to be able to work as much. And they are simply wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You remind me of this Women's Wear Daily article came out a couple weeks ago and the way the writer wrote it about me, I was like crying because I was like, she sees me, I'm a working mom, it's fucking hard. And I was reading it to my husband and then my nine-year-old is like, that's because you're a fucking badass mom. And I was like, yes, it's the moms. It's the moms that like get shit done, you know? And it was just, I, I was prouder in that moment that she saw me like it's not like I'm always leaving her you know but like I'm trying to build something that eventually you know helps her and and them so I love that you say that about mom I couldn't agree more 
Yep. And you're putting your money where your mouth is. You have at the University of Texas, your women's entrepreneurship class. So not only are, have you created an incredible community within Kendra Scott, but now you're saying here, women, yeah. this is how you're going to learn. So I'd love well, for you to I'm share that. I'm a college that. dropout, which is really funny. And I actually, this is an entire institute at the University of Texas. So it's the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurship and Leadership Institute. We're offering classes across campus, everything from entrepreneurship to getting more women involved in STEM. I mean, you name it, uh, leadership, public speaking, I mean, all of the things. And you can now get a minor in our institute, so in entrepreneurship and leadership, with any major. And so for me, I took an MIT master's course from 2006 to 2009 through Entrepreneurs Organization, and it was called the Entrepreneurial Master's Program. And I learned from so many different entrepreneurs, and it really helped give me the tools I needed to be a really strong CEO. And many people told me, well, Kendra, you're a designer, you're an artist, you don't have the business mind, you're either left brain or right brain, all these things people love right. to tell us, right? And that's simply not true. Just because you're not in the school of business doesn't mean that you can't learn and understand business. And you just need that bridge between the left and right brain and understanding the business fundamentals. And I believe every single person benefits from learning those fundamentals. And I think, you know, a little bit when you look at universities, you becomes antiquated when you're like, I'm in the school of this. No one is one thing. You know, we're multifaceted. We have so many different things that we can learn and absorb. And so this is one of the first programs in the nation to be able to allow, you could be in the school of education as your major and have a minor in entrepreneurship. Like how cool that woman could someday be the superintendent of schools someday, you know, why not let's think bigger for all these different backgrounds. So really excited. We're celebrating year four. I do teach a class as well, which I love and love being professor Scott. And I tell them if you can be a professor Scott, as a college dropout, let me tell you people, anything in life is possible. So <laughs> it's really oh amazing. Gosh. Hopefully someday we'll get this to more universities across the country because I see what an impact it's having here in Texas and Austin at the University of Texas and excited to expand it. That's incredible. So let's talk personal. You share lots in your book. You know, you've been through two divorces. Your son had an accident that I wouldn't want no mother to experience. Yet every time I see you, and this is you not in front of people, right? You're happy, you're optimistic. Where do you get that from? And how do you sort of in those moments of marriage isn't going to work or my son is getting, however, 28 surgeries or transfusions yeah. or 28 days in the hospital? Yeah. Like where, where does that come from? You know, I think, first of all, I am a very optimistic person. I do try to always look for silver lining, but I will tell you that in those moments, I'm also can be weak. I can also be scared. I can also cry like a baby in my bedroom with the pillows over my head and not want to come out. So, you know, as much as you sometimes see, right, and I am a very happy, optimistic person, you have to still sit with these hard moments of your life and go through those. I'm not just like, oh, oh, well, I got divorced and now like, <laughs> you know, I had to mourn that loss. I had to mourn that feeling of feeling like this was a failed thing. And, you know, how do I get through this? And it was hard, right? Those moments are hard. And I think I've done a good job in just surrounding myself. And Born to Shine is really about that, about finding the people around you who can bring out your light in you when it's dim, because there have been some really hard times where my light has been dim and I needed the people to reignite it that love me. And they're like, Kendra, you've got this. We believe in you. We're here for you. And asking for help in those moments is such an important sign of strength. 
So I do think that's so important. Then how can we be that for other people? How can I be that light igniter for my friends, my family, my coworkers, when I know that they're going through a struggle? Struggle is part of life, right? But what I have learned and why I wanted to write this book was every moment where I have been at my lowest has developed into the next highest point of my life. It was like you almost had to go through this dark valley to learn the lessons, to learn these, these golden nuggets of information that you could put in your pocket to cross the bridge, to get to the next place you were going. And then you look back and you go, oh, that's why this, you know, this happened the way it happened. I needed to have that failed first business so that I could build a business that would be successful someday and learn all the things I did right. But more importantly, the things I did wrong and not do those again. I'm so happy that I married John so that I got these beautiful children, these boys. We have got this amazing friendship. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be in this place that I am today. So I think you look at all these things and you look back in the rearview mirror and you say, aha, later in the moment, it can still hurt. But, you know, I think for me, I'm always like, okay, this is, this sucks, right? This feels like crap, but it is a moment in time. And I know if I can get through it and stay focused on looking ahead, that usually good things happen. I love that so much. And I feel like after you've experienced enough of those in those moments, I tend to remind myself like this fucking sucks. But guess what? On the other side is something amazing and something great is going to happen, whether it's hard or loss or whatever. Yeah, And that sort of is my North Star. And also when you're scared, I always have found on the other side of fear, there is magic. Like when you push through that fear of like, this scares me, that means usually something's really great waiting behind that scary door, but you got to be able to push through it. And I think in business, that's a big thing, right? Because, you know, you'll make these decisions and I'll make some decisions someday. I'm like, oh my God, this is so scary. Are we doing the right thing? This is costing our company so much money. Like what if I, but, but not always, okay. Not every decision I make is right, but usually something comes out of that. That's really great, but you just have to push through it. Incredible. So speaking of your journey and pushing through, having done $360 million in sales, you sold a portion of your company. You could have just taken that for yourself and been like, I'm good. You choose to give back the different initiatives you have. Over $60 million has been deployed. What enabled you to adopt that mindset and give that much? Because even though you're doing the volume you're doing, you know, people see that and go, oh, she's pocketing that, right? We all know in business, you're lucky if you get a small portion of that to take home. So how have you sort of reframed giving back and success? My first company I started because my stepfather had brain cancer and I did headwear for men and women undergoing chemotherapy. I lost him. He was 47 years old when he died of brain cancer. And you know, he really instilled in me that you have such a short time on this earth. It's like a flash and to use the gifts you were given to do something good. And I felt like when I lost him, I couldn't save him. My first business failed, which I had started because of him that I knew when I did the next thing, which was the jewelry brand, I wanted to be able to make a positive impact. And I wanted to have a brand that put giving at the forefront. So from the very earliest days, I did what I could. I could make a pair of earrings for a silent auction. I could make a necklace for a raffle. Um, I wasn't able to write big checks. I mean, I was able, barely able to pay my rent. I would donate my time, right? 
But then as we continued to grow, I was able to do more and just incorporate giving into every aspect of the business, whether that was Kendra gives back events or give back product. And it just became part of the DNA of our culture. And we look at our give back dollars just as much as we look at our revenue. And we really are focused on that. And we believe that like, that's the purpose for Kendra Scott is that we want to create a brand that is doing and making a positive impact in the world and really supporting women and children in a remarkable way. And that's what drives us. So when we come to work every day, it's not like, oh, we're just making, you know, a, a fashion brand. We're looking at, oh my God, we have given hundreds of hours of research for breast cancer. We've given, you know, and we as a team are so excited and motivated, which drives us to continue to grow and build this business even bigger, right? But for me, it's a non-negotiable. Like that's what I know I feel that fulfills my cup. That's how I measure success. Doesn't work that way for everybody. But for me, that's how I measure success. When I'm able to see us, you know, opening a creative arts center at a children's hospital or, you know, doing our Kendra Cares program in 45 pediatric hospitals and we get to meet these kids and bring joy to their lives. That for me is how I measure success. I also, you know, when we were valued in 2017 at over a billion dollars, you know, everyone's like, Kendra, why aren't you selling more of your shares? And I'm like, yeah, because I want to keep majority ownership of this company. I love what we're doing. I want to keep the mission of this brand, which is this fashion for uh, meets philanthropy. Right. And I never wanted that to be, to have the risk of that changing. Right. And so it wasn't about the money. It was about the long-term vision of what I could be proud of at the end of the day. Incredible. Wow. You're amazing. You're a force and you don't stop. You, you recently launched another brand on the heels of all the success that you mentioned of Yellowstone called Yellow Rose Yes. and watches. And I didn't know about your son's brand. So talk to me about all these exciting launches and also do you sleep at night? <laughs> well, so this is what's so great is I, I hear a lot, you know, I stepped down as CEO in 2020 and I'm chairwoman founder. And we're joking, like, what should my other titles be? I'm working more and hard. Everyone's like, oh, <laughs> are you just like relaxing now? I'm like, no, but it's allowed me to be, have that visionary back again, that, you know, yeah. that, that I have time in my brain now to think about all the, the next 20 years of this company. I am more alive and excited then I think I have been ever in my career with Kendra Scott. And it's been 21 years because I started it when Cade yep. was a baby and he's, you know, he's actually going to be 22 in November. Um, so we're almost at 22 years. And, you know, Yellow Rose, I have this ranch and, you know, we really live this Texas lifestyle. You know, we spend time in Colorado and Montana as well. And we just saw this, like, we've been doing this forever, right? My husband is sixth generation Austin Texan. Um, so his like great, great, great something was in the Alamo. Okay. Like this is like crazy. <laughs> so we've got this in our, in our, it's part of our heritage. It's part of our lifestyle. We have horses. Um, and I just felt like this, there's this cool modern cowgirl happening with a little bit of a retro seventies vibe that is classic. She never goes out of style. She is powerful. Like that female cowgirl is powerful. And I really wanted to create a brand that put her front and center. Many of the Western brands you see out there, they're secondary. They're all male focused, but then they're like, oh, we'll do some women's stuff too. Whether that's boot brands, yeah. or, you know, 
we wanted to come out and be like, we're putting the woman front and center. And then, yeah, we might do some stuff around the guys too, but she's going to be front and center. So we launched Yellow Rose by Kendra Scott. Just recently, we have a store in Austin connected to our flagship. We have one in College Station, Texas. Um, and then we're opening some more next year and then online, of course. But it is really, really fun. I mean, it's great for like Coachella and you know, it's hats, it's Southwestern jewelry. There's some vintage, some new. We've really curated wow. a fabulous collection that even you New York City girls would love to wear. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love a whole Western theme and I, I love I love anything jangly. So I'm excited to check it out. I'll send you some stuff. You wore a hat here in Austin when you did. I did. You did and you looked so cute. <laughs> well, I can't wait. I, it needs to get cold again for me to put that hat on here because you can get away with wearing that type of hat when it's winter in New York City. But um, well, you just need a straw one, Rebecca. I know, we'll I know, I know. We'll hook you up. <laughs> so my last two questions for you before I let you go, even though I could keep talking to you forever. What is a piece of advice that you either learned the hard way or that you'd love to pass on that someone gave to you that was actually good advice? Because we get a lot of crap. Yeah. You know, I, this is a big one. Okay. So, and a lot of people, you hear the, the, the buzzword core values a lot, right? Like, Oh, come up with your core values. But my core values for me were really who I was as a person, which was being a mom. So family, I loved fashion and design. So fashion, like how I could create products that made people feel good. And then I wanted to do something there. I could give back to my community. So our three core values are family, fashion, philanthropy. The reason why I'm telling you this is because that is how I hire. And I tell people this all the time. Sometimes when we're building a business, obviously you're looking for people that have experience, of course, in certain areas. That's important. But somebody can have a gold-plated resume with the best experience in the world. And if they don't match your core values, right, they are going to absolutely be a cancer in your business. And I have learned that the hard way. I hired someone with a great resume on paper. She looked amazing, but she led completely opposite. I lead with my heart. You know, I'm, I'm a very empathetic leader and it was absolutely destroying the culture that we had created. And I realized very quickly that there are certain skills I can train, right? But I can't train your heart. I can't train who you are as a human. You look and you walk into a Kendra Scott store and you will feel this amazing energy, love, optimism. People are happy. People are, you know, my employees are so excited that you're there. And I always say to our staff, I go, when you're interviewing them, I don't care how many retail jobs they've had. I really don't. I, we can teach yeah. them how to run our point of sale. I want you to see how do they make you feel when you're talking to them? Are they making you feel warm and fuzzy? Are they making you feel like you just don't want to stop that conversation? Are they engaging with you? Then they're the right hire. And yeah. so I think it's a lesson for people is as you're building your business, you need to really understand what is that that you want to build? What is that feeling that you want to have within your organization and external? What do you want your customers to feel of your brand? And then make sure that you're hiring birds of a feather who can flock together who can really empower one another, lift each other up, create something that's magical and still doing it with very different skill sets. I mean, I can't have a hundred Kendra Scott's running or thousands of Kendra Scott's running around. It would be chaotic, right? I need somebody who loves to do Excel spreadsheets, for example. I hate them. Uh, but 
She's a loving person. She's a kind person. She puts her family first. She's all of those elements, but her jam is that, right? And so I think that is the biggest lesson I've learned in growing a successful brand. I am the lucky one who gets my name on this brand, but it is the DNA of all of the people at Kendra Scott that have made this company and brand what it is. And so who you hire and who you decide to share and go shoulder to shoulder with is the most critical decision you can make in building a business. Amen. So good. Yes. Everything you said and more. I love it. I love it. So you share so much in this book, which is available anywhere books are sold. I highly recommend everyone buying their copy. What is one thing that you didn't share in the book that we'd be surprised to know about you or that you have it, you know, could be a habit, a quirk, something funny. You know, I, I shared a lot. I mean, I really in born to shine, you know, people think it's like they, Oh, born to shine. It really is like you start out and I'm in a gully that I fell into 30 feet down in a winter storm and almost, you know, died. in. so like, I bring you to the bottom (laughs) and then bring you up in born to shine. But the one thing I didn't put in there and I had been writing it was I got remarried and I met my cowboy and I had done a, in my book, I talk about this um, activity called vivid vision, where you put out your three-year plan. And, and I did this with one of my really good friends who happens to be a life coach. Thank God for, you know, friends that happen to be life coaches. And we wrote out, you know, not just what I wanted to do in my business, which was part of that was becoming this more visionary role again, and really, you know, utilizing my strengths to where I could really make an impact. But the second thing was like, what is my like personal life going to look like? Like, this is, you know, do I get married again? Like, I feel like I'm so old at this point. And I was watching so much Yellowstone, like during this period, I don't know (laughs) if everybody was, but I was obsessed. And I was like, I want Kevin Costner and Rip combined, like less of the murder. Oh my God. But like sexy cowboy who was, you know, got his own thing going, good father. And so we wrote out my vision and I married him and he is exactly this dream. So, you know, when you put it out in the universe, it is crazy that what things can happen. And I think, you know, when you least expect it to, or you've given up hope, I think sometimes we get to a place where it's just like, well, that will never happen for me, or this is not real for my life. And what I have noticed in my 21 years, being a college dropout, being told that I didn't go to a certain school, I could never really run a fashion brand, being laughed out of many boardrooms where I was trying to raise money and told, you know, what, like looking at me, like I had two heads, being a divorced mother and thinking nobody's going to want to be with me. And as a single mom, you know, we start to say all these things, none of those things are true. And sometimes the voices in our head can be the most debilitating, I think for our future is allowing our own voices to take control and to know that all of those things are what makes you, you, the beautiful, unique, fabulous you, and that those are wonderful things because they made you the person that you are and to never give up hope because hope is a very important thing. And when you least expect it, the most magical things can happen to all of us at any time. Oh my God. Can we add life coach to your resume now? Because <laughs> I could listen to you all day. I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. You're incredible. It is such a treat to have you on. And thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable and, and for writing this book so that anyone can sit down with it and, and get your magic, get a little bit of your shine. 
Oh, thank you, Rebecca. I really love seeing you. And it's true. I said, we are all born to shine for, you know, and I know sometimes we don't always feel it, but we have this amazing bright light in us and, you know, it just needs to sometimes be ignited. And then we have to help each other fan the flames, you know, as women, I think what I love about what you're doing and this podcast, super women is that it is about women supporting women lifting each other up, rooting for one another. I think whenever I see you doing something, I'm like, way to go, Rebecca. There are people out there that are like, oh, you know, but they'll be negative about it because they don't have their own self-confidence in themselves. Yeah. We have to change that as women. And I think that's what makes us super is the women who can be like, yes, because it's a win for all of us. When another woman has success, it is a win for all of us. And if we can get that mindset out there, if we can have our daughters learn that mindset from us, we will take over the world totally. Because if we can do that, we are unstoppable. Love it. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again, and you will hear from me next week.